folks. Welcome to an episode of The Art Tenders with Mac and Dan. I am Dan. He is Mac. What's up? And as I sip this beautiful, delicious espresso I made myself. It's aesthetic. It really is a, it's, it's a look. I got to say, Danny, this apartment right now. Yes. It, it, I, I just want to paint a picture for, for our audience. Yeah. That the smells here are just the most iconic Danny Lavelle smells. The most co- iconic Daniel Artur Lavelle smells. I mean, I'm, I'm getting hints of carne con papas. Wow. <sighs> I know. I'm, I'm a fraud. I'm such a fraud. I was totally told that. You were told that, and then and then hearing it coming out of your mouth was... Uh, was cringe. A little bit. No, I understand. I, understand. I don't want to dwell on this too much. Uh, but then the espresso as well. Of course, it's it's a combination. This is this is when the the, the Cuban fire really you know ignites the, the fireplace. Fire. You know, the Cuban this, fire. this is yeah. this is the furnace that we're that we're cooking with. Yeah, yeah. I, with with the stew and with the and with the coffee smells, it's just I know that I'm I know that I'm here with you, Danny, That's today cute. talking oh, about uh, as opposed to a doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm not with uh, some sort of. Um, uh, fraud. I, I don't know what other word to use. I just use that word, but I'm... That's okay. Uh, but we're here to talk about In the Mood for Love today. Ah, uh, In the Mood for in Love, the mood Mac. For love. If, in case you forgot, folks, this is a podcast where we, you know, review pieces of art, we dissect them, and we try to learn from them as best as we can. You know, we, we enhance our vocabulary and our understanding of what makes things good and what may, makes things bad. <laughs> and so... <laughs> the story behind this pick, Mac, In the Mood for Love, a yeah. film from 2000, a Hong Kong film directed by Car Wai Wong and starring Tony Leung, love Tony Leung, and Maggie Chung. I the figured that is, was most of it, was Tony Leung. Yes, so Mac, earlier this season, you know this, we watched Red Cliff, yeah. a uh, movie set during uh, post-fall of the Han Dynasty uh, in China, right? Tony Leung is the star of that film. Tony Leung is also the best actor in that film. Tony Leung is a treat to watch. Yeah, oh yeah. Then, weeks, months, not really sure, later, I'm sitting on this very same couch, and on the TV that's behind the camera uh, that is recording Oh, us, is that weird to think about? That must be bit. weird to think about. It, it is beyond the fourth wall. It is, yeah. It's directly behind. My girlfriend and I watched... Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is a Marvel film that came out a few months ago. And Tony Leung is the antagonist in that film. Mm -hmm. And it's in my top five Marvel films. Mm -hmm. It is one of the most well-performed. It's And I think it's Tony Leung makes that movie. Everybody is good in it. Mm -hmm. Like Simu Liu is good. Aquafina is great. Um, But Tony Leung, he takes just the 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 trophy out of the case and he just shakes it waves it in front of your eyes and like this is mine <laughs> the trophy, you know right and, right and and we're gonna see how many times you know the the, the name tony leung is said uh during this podcast because he is should we start a the, counter i i think we should but that that's gonna lay that's gonna on you me. that's okay, that's a okay. that's a visual I'll editing bit um but tony leung plays chow and Maggie Chung plays Mrs. Chan, and it is a story about two people who find their respective spouses to be cheating on one another, and it's their relationship and lack thereof that grows from their bonding because of that turmoil. And Mac, I have to, well, 
there's so many things to discuss in this film. There's a lot of things to pick out, which I really, really appreciate. And I watched this film a second time mm -hmm. last night. And so, first of all, better the second time when you watch this film. Uh, opposite really? effect of Parasite. That Parasite is better the first time. I think this movie is better the second time. Interesting. Now, with that being said, Mac, what were like your... I'm sorry? I would like to talk about why do you think that is. Yes. Um, and we will. But, Mac, what were your first thoughts on this film? Because we, we were both going into oh. this you know, viewing of this film for the first time. I had not seen this film before, but I had heard things about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but what, what were your first thoughts, and I guess thoughts in general, about in the mood for love. In the mood for love, I thought that there were a lot of similarities between it and Casablanca for me. In that, uh, overall, and I, this might be, I might be hitting you with a sizzle serve off the top. Whoa, the sizzle serve off the top. I'm not sure if we've done that. Okay, uh, not really. But here it goes. I actually was. Uh, so consumed okay. by the technique of sure. the film yeah. and of the filmmaking okay. that I did not necessarily ever really get invested in. I know, I know, I know. Oh, no. In this, in the characters. Oh my god! It was difficult for me to really sink my teeth into them because I was I was spending all of my time yeah just thinking about each individual shot because everything was so like literally every single shot in the entire movie is so unique and methodical. Uh, yes. Yes. B but not a method that has been practiced before necessarily. Yeah. It's, it's all angles that I have never really seen before. And it's, it's avant-garde in that sense yeah. when it comes pr primarily it, to yeah. where, where the focus of the shot is. So, like, for many I was about to talk about focus, yeah. Yeah, where many instances, like, obviously the character is the focus of the shot, but how the um, sort of camera is placed, you wouldn't, I mean, you would know, obviously, because you're a human and you're watching, you know, humans at work. But off the bat, just strictly from a, like, picture point of view, you wouldn't know, quote, end quote, um, that that like the characters are the focal point of some shots strictly uh -huh. by like composition and how they are placed. Sure. Yeah. Well, but another thing that's really interesting about this movie is that for the, f for most of the movie, most of it. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they make very specific decisions in terms of who has the focus in terms of w yeah. which character does. Yeah. And, uh, so much so that there are, very, very, very few characters that actually have the camera focused on them throughout the story. Mm -hmm. Countless scenes where uh, either uh, uh, Tony Leung or uh, Magda... No, why, why are you not talking into the microphone? Because that was, should be a fine. That should be a fine. That was on the list, Danny. Was that on the list? It was on the list. I'm adding it to the list now. You're okay, killing fine. me. I'm going to grab I'll, the I'll list. Take, I actually I'll know the where point. the list is. I'll take the point. I'll take the point. I'll put myself on the, on the, on the list. Um... But the uh, what was I gonna say? Sorry. That yeah, yeah. It they were so uh, so often in shots where the where Maggie Chung and uh, Tony Leung were both uh, in the focus, right? But yeah. the other characters on the screen were not at all. Not even a little bit. Like uh, 
it would be as if I was the main character of this shot that we were in right now. And we, the two of us were having a full length scene where we both had the similar, a similar amount of dialogue. Yeah. And you were never seen. And that happened for most of the movie. Yeah, I mean, so so structurally what happens in the uh, uh, visual storytelling of this film is that you never see uh, Mrs. Chan's husband and you never see Mr. Chow's wife. Or w- rather, when you do see them, you, only, you never see their face, right? Right. And so it feels... I mean, it's, they're clearly not the focus, right? Obviously, those people's actions... Uh, you know, influence. Uh, Mac is showing, by the way, the penalty points. I have four, which is shocking me. And then Mac has two at the moment. Uh, he's doing really well with not, you know, contracting fines. And the only reason that I got that one is because I was trying to, I was trying my hardest to not get another point. Kill me. Kill me. I know. Um, but but with that being said, like, so those spouses, right, mm-hmm. Um, even though they drive the dramatic action of this film, I f- I do I do really like the choice of like leaving them outside of shots uh and not being able to see their face because that's not what the movie is about mm-hmm. you know but I mean but that's just a personal choice that I like so so but but with that being said because of the uh, more avant-garde nature in terms of the shot composition more than at least we are used to right like yeah. there are probably many many films that uh dabble in the style yeah. this film does but it, but at, on the same token did you feel like that was a detriment in terms of the storytelling to this film i mean it I detracted kind of from like your you, focus right kind but. of like you I, I would like to watch the second time because yeah. i think on the second time i will be able to much easier yeah. uh pay attention to the actual story whereas this time i had kind of a hard time doing that because yeah. my my I was literally adjusting to every single shot that mm-hmm. was popping up on the screen, as well as the movie is edited from one scene to the next, like an action movie, and within the actual scenes themselves, yeah. like a drama. Yeah, you know what I mean. I th- if I, and if I'm not mistaken, the director who also wrote for this film, uh, Car Wai Wong. Uh, is an action film director as well. So, like, stylistically, transitionally, that makes sense. Yeah, because... And I actually really like this idea because I think that in directing film and theater, we get far too caught up in uh, fast. Mm -hmm. A a lot of the time, fast equals good. Fast equals not boring. Um, Therefore, we we try to make things as quick as possible, as, as... um, there are a million words that people use to make it sound uh, elite and pretentious, but it's just fast, right? Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that this was a really, really, really good show of when to keep it fast and when to keep it slow. Yeah. It does such a, I mean, such an immaculate job of the story is moving as fast as a story can possibly this move. This is the fastest film I've ever seen. Like, in terms yes. of the pace of the story beats and telling. I can't think of a faster movie. If you, but audience member, if you read a review saying this is a slow movie, stop reading that review because that is not it's true. Not, yeah. Because yeah. that person was not paying attention to this film. And there are lots of great reviews of this movie that talk about its pacing being immaculate. Because this is the fastest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm yeah. like, oh my god, wait, wait, wait. It's, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> to catch up right 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 it really is it really is yeah. and uh uh hence why a second viewing is 
satiates. But uh, (laughs) I like that. I like that. I like that. Well, and and we'll get into that into that motion just a second, sensual Danny. Mm -hmm. Um, but the whole thing, yeah, is that it moves incredibly fast. But the moments of the movie, the actual scenes themselves, yeah, are incredibly slow. Yeah, they take their time, especially in that scene where uh. In the first dinner scene. Okay, yeah. Where they're at the restaurant. Yeah. And they're having the steaks, right? And they confirm their suspicions that their respective spouses are cheating. Yes. With each other. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Which is, oh, God. And like, it's hard. It's, it was heartbreak. It's yeah. even more heartbreaking to watch that scene a second oh, time. Oh, yeah. Well, right. Oh, my Whenever, God. What a coincidence. No, but it's so also, sad. but it's like, also, I think this this movie is one of the best examples of sh- not 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 even showing and not even telling it's just s- living so deeply inside of the circumstances of what the characters are going through and and being very methodical about like I can't show my cards right now and so like for example in that very same scene when uh Mr. Chow Tony Leung is asking Chan Mrs. Chan about the purse and the moment mrs chan's uh mrs chan says that her husband got the purse and got the purse outside of the country it was as if like a punch was just delivered to chow's gut and you could i mean i mean there are so many different little pieces of writing about tony leung's eyes and how much he just acts through his eyes but i think it's a testament to it's very easy to overplay everything. And for the most part, nothing in this film is overplayed. That's very true. And so they're so deeply ingrained in living in that moment that the, but it's so much clearer the second time. And, and this movie is so fast that it's kind of hard to catch here and there the first time. Yeah. Yeah. But what I realized the second time watching this film was like, Oh my God, everything tracks. Yes. Like it's yeah. hard to piece together things in the moment and I think that is like a point against this movie. Yeah. But what but it doesn't make it any less purposeful if that makes sense. Right. It like throws its audience into the wind and it's like catch up if you can. You know, we're yes. not going to that's, wait that's for true. you. That's true. And um, that's both the strong suit of the movie and probably the weakest part about this movie, yeah. how fast it goes and how much is just like, this story is here and it exists and whether or not you catch it, it's here. And in that way, I do, I do appreciate it. Kind of got me thinking about, um, uh, some, something that like an old mentor said, which was, um, slow scenes plus fast story equals suspense. Yeah. Um, and the more you think about it, like all the great examples of suspense, Alfred Hitchcock and Jordan Peele and all these people that are really, really good at building suspense, that is the formula they use every single time. Mm. Are, are you laughing because I, I... Prisoner of the moment, Jordan Peele? Prisoner of the moment? Yeah. Well, mean? Be, I mean, because Jordan Peele has made a couple of very oh, good movies. Oh, and like yeah. Get Out is exceptional. But it's it's insane to compare Jordan, Jordan Peele, Peele to Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Yeah. I understand. Alfred I understand. Hitchcock. Wow. We are uh, right, right, fumbling. Right. But... So, funny enough, I it actually the, this movie made me think of another Alfred Hitchcock story or or uh, quote, I guess, and it is 
on the cinematography thing. And yeah. it was one of the reasons that I got so distracted and, and it was difficult for me to adjust so many times in the scenes is because, um, one time, uh, Alfred Hitchcock was working with a very famous cinematographer, a French uh-huh. guy. And, uh, yeah, I can't remember his name, but I know he's French. Uh, it's true. I I'm not going to start the qualifier you just threw out there. Like you, you know, one just of those kept Frenchies. Going. Yeah, you just, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. No, no, no. A, a very, very famous and talented French cinematographer that he can't that you can't remember that the I name can't of. remember his name. I'm trying. I'm trying to give respect it's fine. while it's fine. also. Keep going. I mean, all right, all right. All right. Uh, and he was. Um, they were try. Uh, they were talking about where to set the camera, right? Uh-huh. And so. The French cinematographer, he found, he was like, oh my gosh, there's this awesome angle right here in the fireplace. So like, what if we were watching them on the couch and and on the chair, but the camera was in the fireplace? And Alfred Hitchcock's response to that was, okay, that's a very pretty shot, but who's in the fireplace? Um... And the more you think about it, you're like, oh, that's interesting because th- yeah. that, that is what Alfred Hitchcock does in terms of his cinematography is yeah. he wants the audience to feel like they're part of the conversation, like they're part of the story. Right. Whereas in, in The Mood for Love, okay. I feel like, for instance, the restaurant scene, I feel like I am sitting at an adjacent booth kind mm-hmm. of watching the scene from afar. I'm not okay. actually with the characters in the moment. Like we are more of an omniscient viewer as opposed to being Part of the right story. there. Right. Yes. So the so the cinematography does not serve in this movie I don't think to uh to invite the audience. Yeah. It serves more to paint a picture. But I think that actually works to the movie's betterment. I I did not uh-huh. have that Right. Thought, I mean, that ex- you yeah. you explaining this to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. You like that. that. That is clearly not co- clearly, but what I believe to be the case. But I think that actually works to the movie's betterment because it really actually paints further the picture of how isolated those two people are right. in that situation. That they they're really the only people that like really know what's going on, and they are in this together. You know, and and and, yeah. and they have this sense of camaraderie that nobody else could understand but them. So I actually think it works to the storytelling of this film, right? I mean, there are so many instances. It, it's difficult for me right now to, like, see it in film. Like, I, I'm sure if, if I try to look for it, I could find it. Of people just trying to get the pretty shot. It's very yeah. easy for me to identify it in theater because it, I've just been, you know, in theater for a while now. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of film, difficult, more difficult for me to identify. But uh, I don't, even though maybe Wong is was um, trying to get a pretty shot. I oh, I never felt like a shot was not used in service of the storytelling. Right. Yeah. I, so I, I do want to make what's that distinction. Is that. There is a difference between photography and cinematography, and I think that difference really shines. But you through. can still tell a story through photography. Yes, and I think that he did an excellent job of being a, I mean, pristine photographer in this movie. It just took me a while in my brain to catch mm-hmm. up with mm-hmm. some of the pictures because a, a photo, as you know, and uh, much like a painting or something like in a museum is meant to be sat with for a while. Yeah. 
And because this movie moved so fast. Oh my God, yeah. You know what I mean? It was yeah. really difficult for me. Like, I, I can't just like run past a Picasso. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I, I guess is is was part of my uh part of my uh qualm with it. Um, but also something that I found super interesting about the pace of the movie mm-hmm. is at first, one of the first things I wrote down in the first like 15 minutes of the movie yeah. was just th- these two words and a question mark. Fuck transitions? Question mark? Because I was, I'm so accustomed to the, and I don't know if this is an American thing, but I guess like the standard American uh, way of uh, movie making, mm-hmm. which is every time that you change scenes, you either show the passage of time, yeah. or every time that you change locations, you show uh, an establishing shot to tell me where we are now. Yeah. Um, funny enough, we were which actually... Which was rare. <laughs> which was rare. Yeah, they, they, they didn't really ever do that. It reminds me of um, my sister showed us, uh, showed me and my siblings a British game show called Only Connect recently, right? Okay. Which is awesome, by Your the way. Your sister loves British game shows. She does. She's, a, she's, uh, she's just a... Uh, I don't FYI. even know what it's fine. What, 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 it's, what it's called? I know that like a uh, someone obsessed with the French is like a francophile. I, I don't know if there's like you a, and the French a British. Today. I know, but uh, I think there's like a British equivalent. Like a, I'm just gonna make and you're one gonna up. say the British equivalent's better. Britophile. No, I'm not gonna say it's better. No, 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 no. No, I'm just saying that that's what my sister is. And so she showed us this uh, British game show called Only Connect. And in the show. There is a time where uh, basically there st- uh, th- this team is standing on the equivalent of like a uh, family feud type stage, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but there's only one booth. There's not like they're not facing each other. And after the round is done, they just cut directly to a shot of the other team playing. They don't have any sort of transition like, all right, now let's welcome the next team. It's like the next round just starts. And they don't have them walking off or walking on. And it's jarring. I was like, oh, my God, where did they come from? Because I'm used to being told whenever a person is leaving a space, whenever someone's entering a space. Not a thing in this movie at Mm -hmm. all. It it would just jump from from one scene to the next. And I, I grew to like it. But yeah. at first, it did frustrate me. Well, and the thing is, we're not trained for that. That's exactly right. That's the and thing. I'm wondering and if that's, that's an American realized... thing, or if that's like because this movie is so unique and or special. modern filmmaking in general. Uh, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, but like we didn't have that experience watching other foreign films. We've been watching a lot right. more foreign stuff this season, right? We True. watch Science Warriors. We watch Red Cliff. We watch Parasite. Dark. We are about to finish dark yeah right that's a lot of time spent actually i think that's that's a majority time spent and then on... i mean and then even considering last season oh randy felt Cy- uh randy it's a stand-up show but uh but, but really. like siberian lady macbeth oh yeah yeah right uh, or seven i think seven sam actually no also seven, seven, yeah, seven, yeah, seven yeah. samurai um right so Yes, you get used to it as the film goes on i think the transitions themselves when i mean we're talking like fades to black that are like really boring and there there are like those like fades in between the scenes yeah that i thought were like that just doesn't look good (laughs) but but in terms of like setting the scene right we got used to it yeah right and so and then it's also a matter of okay this character is wearing different clothing 
and then you can tell from the dialogue that there has been a passage of time. Yeah. Like, so there are still the context clues within the script. Right. That it works. It works fine. And so, yeah. and, and, and it teaches you like, oh, so those sort of shots are not really necessary. We kind of had that experience with Casablanca where instead of like setting up scenes with a geographical locations, they set up scenes and transitions of time with uh, snippets of like random characters and what they're talking about. And that's how they set the scene and the stakes for the setting. You know, you're right, you're right. Um, but I, but I will also say, in terms of setting the scene, that I did have a very difficult time getting a geographical sense of what the space looked like, yeah. which was frustrating because I just, I, I was able to understand it from like a mental point of view of like, okay, so they live next to each other and, and they're living in these like rooms in these apartments, but like, what is that like? structurally what does that physically look like because i guess i've also become more used to um characters and me being an actor being physically informed of the space that not even being really shown the space that much or rather the structure of the space i was like this is difficult for my brain yeah. to comprehend yeah, yeah, yeah. right now so so that was frustrating well, also, it, to experience it, a little bit but when i said frustrating i wasn't like movie but i was like <laughs> i wish i wish i just understood the space a little bit better in terms of its structure I want that on a t-shirt know, movie like I know they live next to each other. Yeah. I know they can because the walls are so thin. They can hear you know pers people on the other side of the wall. Like I understand that. And so when you have the scene where they're both stuck in the same room and they don't want any gossip, and so then they're stuck in that room for like twenty four hours, and only Chow is allowed allowed quote unquote to go out and get food. Like it actually adds a beautiful tension because they can't uh -huh. leave because the people are outside playing mahjong it adds a beautiful tension not only for their stakes but also in between those two characters right so so there was still like moments where geographically it didn't hurt the film because you understand structurally what's going on right. but but all the same all of that to say it was hard to like visualize the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, another, another cinematography. I, 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 I don't, I don't mean to continually talk about cinematography, but it, it's just so difficult not to with this specific movie. Mm -hmm. There were so many times where it broke the uh, so many rules, but one of the biggest cinematography rules is the rule of 180 degrees. Do you know what the rules, uh, the rule of 180 degrees is? Yeah, they uh, essentially like, let's say. Um, a camera is on one side of the actors. It's super duper jarring if all of a sudden it cuts to a shot where it's on the other side. Right, of right, the right, right. So, so we can move the 180 degrees in any way that we want, and yeah. it, and so I mean, it could be on either side of of this couch right now for for us. Um, and I think that the, if if you just want to visualize the couch for the audio listeners, um, for our, uh, Spotify, yeah, um, it doesn't matter where the 180 degrees is, but but you have to stick to it. He yeah. did not fucking care at all. Yeah. And and that that was difficult to adjust to as an audience member, I got to say. Once again, yeah, like another thing, this is a movie that's super duper difficult to adjust to. Right. It is a movie that you do not show to someone who isn't privy to this, right? Right. You don't just casually show this movie. Like there are movies like Casablanca and Seven Samurai that you can casually show to someone and they'll get it, right? Yeah. This is the combination of structurally it being super fast and then cinematography 
I don't know the word for that. <laughs> Cinematographically, I don't know. Yeah, but but it being much different than what our eyes are trained to, you know, become accustomed with. That it's it's difficult to really absorb this film, and even though it was difficult to absorb it the first time, I still really enjoyed it. But you know, Mac, in just one moment, we are going to a break, and I'm going to unleash the hottest sizzle serve yet when we come back yes dan you better get your butt over here because we're starting the podcast hello so uh you you gave us a big old teaser rooney from that on that last uh on that last part there so if you could please yeah deliver your sizzling molten lava take i'm going to give some clarification obviously after i say this mac this is the best pound for pound movie I've ever seen. You better get out, Danny. You Which, better get so with that being out said, of I, this I, I was actually really happy that, like, in the first segment, that you were like, ah, you know, there there the are things that I really did not like about this film, and or like I didn't, you know, there was, you know, but and so I'm like, yes, conflict content you see the steady stream the river flowing into the delta into the ocean (laughs) danny you think this is the best movie you've ever seen so mac this isn't like this doesn't break my top five favorite films right Right, like like it's not going to be field of dreams sure but you think this is the best made movie you've ever seen because this movie we were alluding to it in the first part uh in the first part excuse me pat uh it's pat this movie is so fast because it never wastes a moment. So every single moment in this film is a storytelling moment and is a moment for those characters to live, to embody, to breathe, to go through conflict. Every single moment is that. So for you, what makes the best movie is the fact that it doesn't waste moments. It doesn't waste moments. I think the script is super duper tight. There's a lot to chew on in that script. The acting is absolutely impeccable. It is stupid Jeez how good Louise. this acting is. Uh-huh, okay. That it's, it is it's good. Also, it's very, very good. I think it's a testament to the quality of the film that it gets better after you watch it again as opposed to not as great the second time you watch it. Uh-huh. I think, and it's it's just structurally extremely well constructed. Okay, did you find because uh, you're talking about wasting time? Do you think that, um, for instance, Parasite wasted more time than than In the Mood for Love? I mean, I I, I guess in this argument, sure, yes, I sure. can't, I cannot get on this train with you, Danny. But I but I think what what suits In the Mood for Love so well is how understated. Everything is, and I think it's one of the most accurate depictions of love, and is the most accurate depictions of inner turmoil and the most Chekhovian thing of like we're talking, you know, we we're having tea and we're talking about tea, but we're not talking about tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and so I think it it really works the the beauty of this film, and then when this film ends. It's just like, for me, I was like, holy shit, I just got hit by a truck and I didn't even realize it. Yeah. And 
and I I wasn't anticipating the amount of like loss and just the knife wound that was emerging. Um, uh-huh. I I just didn't even realize it. Sure, one thing that I, but, I will. But, but hold on, Parasite and In the Mood for Love are, are very 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 True. different True. films. True, but if we're using the rubric of waste time versus not waste time and that's just one of the reasons why it's sure, pound for sure, pound sure. it's pound for pound pound for pound yeah dude. dollar for dollar exactly rupee for rupee yeah um the uh the thing that i will give this movie absolutely which is rare in a movie is that um watching the movie makes you feel smart does it make any sense? <laughs> I mean, well, okay. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like, as you're watching it, you're like, we have wow. Reached, we have reached peak or tenders. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, but, like you're I learning... think it's a very honest critique. It's true. That, okay. Everything that we watch and consume and uh-huh. listen to, play, whatever. We're learning stuff from it. And uh, so I guess, but you felt the most of it from this? Yeah, I I will say more than more than anything that we've ever consumed. Mm-hmm. Watching this, I was like, ooh, ah, like I'm an artist watching yeah. this artistic movie. It it felt um like everything that every film festival wants to be, but could never be. Yeah, it's what Lamb wants to be, but it could never. You're be. exactly. Oh right. my God, it's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. It's it, what Lamb wants what... to be, and it absolutely cannot. You're be. absolutely correct. Yeah, and uh, um, I actually, funny enough, I saw recently a trailer um, for I think it is uh, okay. I, mean, I know. Yeah, way to I get know. there. It, it's another. It's a Willem Dafoe movie. Okay. Um, and uh, it's basically okay. like rip off Green Knight. Okay. Um, Rip off Green Knight. It's the exact same thing. It's like medieval, same style. The last duel. Yeah, I, I think, I think it <laughs> is also another like Canterbury Tales type story. Point being, point being that it just frustrated me that this style, or sorry, that 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 this mode of cinematography, or like the way that they shoot these movies in this like weird kind of childish way is now such a like high-end style that is you know what i mean no no what do you what do you mean childish way what point are you trying to tie in with this what's going on here mac it's frustrating to me because i think that uh artsy movies or uh like art house indie like high-end movies um uh i don't know any other way to say it that 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 is floating further and further away from, like, sensical and driven storytelling. Okay, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, an example that's excellent is Lamb. Yeah. Um, another, I think, decent example is actually something like the Florida Project. That we, yeah. is, I'm trying, just trying to think of things that we've talked about on the show. Yeah. That Those are both coincidentally and also not coincidentally A24 films. Yeah, it's it's very clearly a style, but also just types of films that you would not necessarily see in a theater more than you'd see it in, you know, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Cannes or sure. the Toronto International Film Festival. Okay, um, so and so it that's frustrating to me, and so I do appreciate this movie. All of its artistic glory is purposeful, but but the thing is, 
to bring to a point finally that you mentioned in the first part, you're not that ingrained into the characters. Is that correct or incorrect? That is correct. On the first watch, I'm not insanely attached to the okay. characters. Okay. I'm impressed with like I said at the like in the first part, all of the technique is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Okay. But because I was so focused on the technique, I my my brain took over the experience rather than letting my heart take take some of it. So do you? So you believe or ascertain that it's it's a directorial issue that detracted you from the characters as opposed yeah. to like something in the script? Yeah, was... no, the script is awesome, and I think yeah. that the that that the actors did the a script fantastic is really job. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's it, definitely it is, directorial. It's a living embodiment of like table work can do wonders for anybody. Yeah. Because I imagine the first read of the script is like nothing's happening. And right. then and then you realize, oh my god, everything is happening right, at right, right. every single moment. Right. Um you know. Well, okay, so you're talking about earlier the uh you're talking about, about earlier the cinematography and how the transitions are so quick because he was able to find more efficient ways to tell us about yeah. the setting, to tell us about the time, yeah. which yeah. is which is nice. And, but also sometimes the setting is not relevant. Exactly. Right. That's what I mean. Like he only gives you exactly as much as you need for the story to make sense, right? Exactly. And that and that's great. I think one of those things is the fact that it was shot like a movie made in the nineteen sixties. But it was released in 2000. But it was also a film set in the 1960s. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, like mm. th- that. That was shocking to me. I really thought that. Uh, I really thought that this movie was going to be dated a lot earlier than it was. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't know why I wasn't even thinking about Tony Young. I, I, I know that he's a more relevant and like current actor. But, um, but yeah, I whenever I googled this movie and saw 2000, I was genuinely shocked. Because they do such a good job of because it feels anachronistic in a way. Anachronistic? What do you mean? Uh, just out of place in time. I love love that word. I've I I did not know that word. I'm gonna be honest. I'm very impressed. Um, yeah that that is that is a lovely thing. Um, but also, it's not just a setting thing. He does such a good job. The director does such a good job of using it. We're talking about how Casablanca uses black and white. Yeah. Like, even if Casablanca was made nowadays, it would still be best served in black and white. Yeah. Yeah. All of the, the especially lighting choices of this mm-hmm. movie, the movie is lit like a black and white movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it's funny because it's obviously filmed but using... But it uses color to its effectiveness. You yes, know? absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, just I'm not just talking about color, simple... I'm talking about light. Okay, sure. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, so sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean, I'm so sorry. Oh my sorry. god, I didn't I'm realize so I was sorry. stepping on your toes. I didn't mean to be volatile. Asshole. Um, I, 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 I am. I am. I'm sorry. But uh, although um, the, the cameras that were used were clearly cameras and equipment from like that 60s, 70s era that they're trying to induce, uh, all of the lighting was actually very pre-60s. Um, that that I saw, all of it actually resembled more of the Casablanca type lighting. Like, for instance, uh, light being more intense uh, above the nose. Yeah. Um, and like like specifically darkening yeah. the lower half of the face. That that was something I picked up on during yeah. watching this film. I was like, holy crap, we can see those faces. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. And, and and that is a very specifically black and white movie type lighting. Yeah. That 
kind of faded out once we got color. Um, mm. And uh, uh, that as well as um, not necessarily like the way that he played with shadows. It was just interesting. I, I, uh, and reflections too. Reflections was a big thing that I, I realized during this film. The, yeah. the, the usage of mirrors, not necessarily anything that I haven't seen before, but mm. it was like a consistent usage and just like, once and, again, playing with shots that were still in service of the storytelling, uh, uh, you know, yes. just like seeing like, yeah. what can I come up with that'll still tell the story effectively? On that, I think what this movie comes down to and the reason that I will give it such a high rating once we come to the, our season two tier list or whatever sure. is that uh, this is the absolute peak of um, – Something that was that was taught and ingrained in me personally very early on with directing, and that is the phrase: "You cannot break the rules until you know what the rules are." If you are okay. breaking rules that you don't know what they are, that is called ignorance. But if you are breaking rules, it's true. But if you're breaking rules that you know what the rules are, that is genius. Um, and so this does such a good job of using so many techniques from so many eras of filmmaking simultaneously. Yeah. You're so, obsessed with these techniques. You, but you know what I mean, though? I do. I do. Yeah. Like, I mean, it adds to this film. Yeah. It does. That I've just never seen a film attempt to use so many. Yeah. I think Most it's of the time there's say, a style. It's safe and this does not have a style. It's safe to say we have never seen a film like this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know? I can comfortably say that. Yeah. It's just structurally so different and when i say structurally i don't just mean script and storytelling yeah. and, and plot structure but also directorially and acting here and there too never seen that combination quite like anything like this mm -hmm. before so it's so different. You were gonna say, "I'm sorry." No, we no, both no, no. we both inhaled at the same time. It was a funny <laughs> moment of like, no, "Who's gonna I be was, polite?" I was gonna I was gonna kind of tr transition in the sure. conversation. The the other big thing that I want to talk about that I'm shocked we haven't yet yeah. is, uh, and I, I guess I'm getting into it because we're getting later in the night uh -huh. and it's later in the episode, so uh -huh. I I don't think it's taboo to talk about this at this point. Um, this is a horny fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. but 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 what what this <laughs> to, to give more context? I mean, this it's like this it's film very sexy. Oh yes, and this film is about like having really really deep desires and not acting yeah. on those, and yeah. how much it hurts, and and then also the regret that follows, and and the acceptance that follows of that too. Right, that whole entire arc of like. Just, just that that desire deep down in your gut, and 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 the aftermath Maybe a little that below follows. The gut, Danny. Indeed, I'm and kidding. but but the aftermath that follows, it's uh, God, it's really beautiful because everything tracks right. Yeah. It is a really sexy film. It yeah. is a really horny film. It yeah. is really intimate film. I would say intimate is probably the most accurate word to use, but whatever. Yeah, the most appropriate. And, but it's also like, I I, I think. Even even scenes as simple as Chan and Chow in the motel, and Chow is writing the serial, and uh, <laughs> some something like I, I believe Chan was going to bed, and then Chow was like, "I'm gonna finish writing this one last thing." The drunken master just came in, and 
Chan was like, oh, when did when did he come in? And then Chow just looks and he's like, just now. And it's like that little like it's a both flirtatious moment, but it's a funny moment that I laugh every time yeah. because it's like a joyous, sensational movement moment. This is a sensational movie. Yeah, yeah. And and it, I think the the amount of like emotional grief but but also just emotional journey rather of what these characters go through is insatiable and one transition that i think is a really good example of that uh where are we mac 12 okay thank you i i will because it looked like we were at the two minute warning but that was not that could have been really bad that could have been very bad no no no, i could have been fine don't worry uh (laughs) so i had i had to ask i couldn't tell by the shadow it was was a scary moment for me one transition that worked the best in this film was you have this is this is the arc of it. You have a scene of Chow's wife at her job, presumably calling her mistress, lover not mistress, mister, I guess. Lover. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, mister, I guess. That's good. <laughs> that was the thought journey in the moment. Anyways, I could tell, yeah. But but, but that, like, I think that's appropriate, yeah. Yeah. Mister. But like um you know, I'm working a short shift. I'll see you later. Then immediately, Chow coming in and asking about her to her boss. And like, oh, you didn't know? No. Like, she was working a short shift. She's gone. And then he's like, oh, then, you know, she's probably home. And, like, you could see the smile on his face. Immediate transition of him, like, outside the alleyway, just as if, like, somebody killed his dog. Yep. Because, because, but... But he hasn't fully figured it out yet. But at that moment, he's really suspecting the worst. And then there's another scene, too. The movie drops so many hints, and it's impeccably done, where um, Chow was talking to uh, Mrs., uh, the the owner, maybe Mr. Koo, I don't remember who, but uh, accidental rhyme. And he, But he walks out of, like, Chan's living abode tenement structure thing and the first time i was watching it i'm like oh my god he's sizing her up not no not true he noticed the purse that she had on her and like it's it's in the script as well he talks about it later on so i don't know why i thought that right but everything is right there in the script and everything is right there for the characters and everything is done by the actors Uh And so I, I really want to commend the film for it. Sure, I do have like a slight problem with structurally some transitions. I think some transitions are just ugly. They're just straight up ugly. Yeah. They could have just been cuts. They didn't have to be these weird fade to blacks. Yeah. I still don't understand the transition to uh, Cambodia and having... Um, yeah, I believe the. I I really don't know. I'm I'm just kind of. It's not reckless speculation. This is just plain old ignorance of. I believe the leaders of Cambodia meeting some sort of. Yeah, I, I from another either. person from another country. I don't know why that was in the film. Okay, that was the one time in the film that the film did waste its time. Yeah. Um, because I don't. I like even on the second watch, I understood everything except for that. Uh huh. But with that being said, like I do think pound for pound. This is the best film I've seen, and because it's the combination of all of those aspects. Yeah, right. It's not because right. of one individual thing. I think I haven't seen a film nail that combination 
like this one. Sure, sure. You know? There's a there's a quote that I found that I uh, that I kind of liked, but I thought that you would specifically like um, that I wanted to share with you. So Nathan Rabin of the Dissolve, which is uh, uh, an online um, uh, news source, uh, he said, "In the mood for love." does for slow motion sensuality what John Woo does for slow motion violence. Nice. I thought that was kind of funny. The yeah. second I read that, I was like, oh, Danny would love that. Isn't it great that we saw In the Mood for Love yep. and we saw the John Woo film, Red Cliff? Yep. And we're, we're informed because that's absolutely true. I was, yeah, yeah. I, thank you for bringing that up. What did you feel about the slow-mo segments of this film? Oh, I thought they added. I love them. God, they were so good. Yeah, no, because I, they are like literally slow, but it does certainly add to the sensuality. The yeah. simple looking at each other when it's they're walking formula. up and down the stairs for the noodles. Right, like, slow moments plus fast yeah. plot equals suspense. Exactly, it kills every time. Yes, and then but then when you introduce slow mo in a movie like yep. Justice League, a uh, Zack Snyder version, okay. it's like ten minutes of it. Sure. It makes me want to you know b- perform an Oedipus Rex. Yeah. Performing uh, Oedipus Rex, but like, yeah, absolutely, because then it becomes slow moments and slow toy storytelling. Yes, but it always stayed quick storytelling. Right, you're always getting something new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, because what what would the, what those slow mo moments, slow, slow moments, mo moments, whoa, uh, were was just like this is like a sw- a switch for the character, uh, you know. Uh. And and what was interesting is that the characters slash actors were showing less cards during those slow-mo scenes. Mm-hmm. And so it's harder to parse through mm-hmm. as opposed to those non-slow-mo scenes, right? Those regular scenes, they, they don't show a lot, but they show more cards in those. And so it is that combination that it's like it's at these like equal levels that the the, the film just like a seesaw intricately yeah. masters. I, I just want to. I just want to. It's honestly stupid. Did did you say regular mo? I perhaps. I I can't I, even remember. I don't quite know. I'm talking hope, so much. I I'm not I keeping hope inventory. You said regular mo. Um, maybe man. Maybe because that is fucking hilarious. This though. Mm-hmm. Um, this this movie was not necessarily a linear movie no. uh it was more of a collection of memories it kind of felt like yeah um <sighs> you know what i mean god that just let me breathe that in <sighs> do you know what i mean though oh, i do it was it like yeah. it that, that was something that i wrote down that, and it ties to the end of the film right and it felt like in that way uh there's a movie that came out recently called licorice pizza okay have yeah. you heard of it uh, it was directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, Paul Thomas right? Anderson, Who directed The Master, which we saw. You're correct. Yes, no. It's, but it's about Licorice PTA. Pizza. Um, I really viscerally disliked the movie. <laughs> and who hated the movie even more than me was my girlfriend, Emma. But uh, we, we talked for a very long time about why we didn't like it. But that aside, it was also a collection of memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think where Licorice Pizza fell short in the collection of memories is that uh, it was only the collection of his memories, not their memories, because it, it's about a, a relationship right. as well. Right. Whereas this does a really, really good job of being a collection of their memories. Yeah. Like it was, it, it's it's almost like the most important steps of their relationship. Yes. Yes. It's but like. An even better window to frame this in that, like, if these 
people were to think back on their moments together, this is what they would remember. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 And yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I also, I, I also realize I haven't been giving, been giving a lot of credit to Tony Leung. I also want to say Maggie, Maggie Chung. Maggie Chung really Ooh. carries this film too. She it would be a disservice a to give a gold medal to one person because it's just not fair. Yeah. It's because she is doing as much work as Tony Leung yeah. in this yeah. film. And, and I think the best example of that is when she um, knocks on the door for uh, Chow's place and Chow's uh, wife answers the door and uh, uh, Mrs. Chan is like, I heard voices. And it's just when you hear that the second time, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, no, no, no. But it's like yeah. I'm so desperately alone in this moment. And I also have the sneaking suspicion that my husband is right there, too. It is just haunting you know but right. but but that but it's the moments that shaped them yeah and so then it further ties into the end of the film right where they both just miss each other as well and then you also have uh mr chow's choice of oh maybe she is still living in that apartment um, but that that's in the past now. Like, my life has moved on past yeah. this. And then leaving to tell all the secrets in that tiny hole in that temple in Cambodia. You know, and then covering it with yeah, mud. Yeah, with, right, with mud. You know, but, and then, and then tying it with the quote of, like, this is in the past. This is the quote that they showed in the end. Like, this is in the past. This is all as if looking through a, a dusty, glassy pane. Right. You know, so window. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. How did you feel about the the movie being bookended by the quotes? Uh, Do, are are the quotes uh, out of place at all to you? No. Do you feel good about the quotes? I feel good about the quotes. I th I thought they were good framing movie, devices, but, but just as a tool. Like it doesn't. Oh, okay. It doesn't work for every film. It huh. worked for this film because, as you said, it's like a collection of memories, and like it's also novel like. In this film. So I think it works for this film. It's not going to work for like G.I. Joe. Mm -hmm. You know, like it just. G.I. <laughs> Joe. What's the what's the subtitle of G.I. Joe? It's like something Cobra. I don't know. Rise, Rise of, the, of Cobra. the Cobra. I think it's Rise of the Cobra. But, but um, point being, like, I think it worked for this film because it worked as a really good framing device for the structural storytelling that this film inhibited. Mac. Folks, oh, it's the two minute warning. It's a two-minute warning. It's a two-minute Okay. Uh, look, guys, I already said it. This is the best pound-for-pound yeah. pound film right. I've ever seen. It doesn't it, – like, look, it honestly doesn't even break my top five. It's, like, it's fine in that regard. But I've never seen a film do this. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It's better the second time. I'm sure if I watched it a third time, I would love it even more. Like, it's just one of those films that once you have um, developed – a rich enough palette and you can keep up with a script like this that looks slow but is actually super duper fast that this is one of the best experiences you can supply yourself mac i i, I would agree in that uh if i was to teach a class yeah on film this is a movie that i'd have to show yeah Th this is a college course level film uh and i i think that uh, the most beneficial, um, and maybe the reason that we liked it so much, and especially you liked it so much, is because we were watching it for academic purposes, yeah. really. It's a tremendous learning experience, and honestly, yeah. there's so much more that we can talk about moment to moment about this film. It's, so. it's an, No, you're, you're correct. It's, it's an awesome, awesome uh, uh, 
learning film. Um, and yeah, there, there's there's uh, the sentiment the sentimentality did not really reach me as, as much as I would have liked. But I think that there there was still so much um, uh, rich. I hate to use the word again, technique there that I uh, <laughs> that, that I'm willing to forgive it uh, yeah. at all at all times. Yeah. Now, Danny, yeah. what we're talking about next time is uh, I don't do I, do I even have to. It's not even a reveal, really. It's Dark Season Three. Yeah, it's it's the final season of Dark. So we're gonna watch Dark Season Three. Yeah, and uh, we'll go back to you then. Hello. Thank Goodbye. You. Bye. <laughs>